We're so thankful to be able to come into your house and to worship your name and to hear your word. God, we thank you for that liberty and the freedom that we have in that. We glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Over the last few, several months, I've been talking about uh, the different attacks that we get from the enemy, and these are, I think I've covered three of them, the first three, temptations that come into our way, which we have to resist temptations, right? Trials, um, we have to repent, test, we rejoice in. And trespasses, we have to release. So just a quick review here before we get into our study. Is the temptations, that's the enticement. Temptations are the enticement that we get. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but is of the world. So lust is that longing and that desire, things, the enticement that we have because we live in this flesh, right? Well, those things that we have to resist, Ephesians 6.10 tells us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, amen, to withstand or to resist in the evil day, and having done all to stand, amen. So, the temptations that come into our way... That enticement we have to resist. The trials that we talked about, the trials are brought on by our own choices. These are things that we go through because of the choices that we've made in life. Amen. Galatians 6 and 7 tells us, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. It's a law in the Word of God. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Just like gravity. Amen? What goes up, it's got to come down eventually. Gravity, this is one of the laws of the Bible. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Amen? He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not be well do, uh, weary in well-doing, for do, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So in our pro, uh, trials, the things that we've brought on by our own choices, that's where we need to repent, right? We need to bring it before God. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Amen. So in our trials, those things that are brought on by our own choices, we need to repent. The test, these are just simply 
things that are brought on because of our walk with the Lord. Amen. It's nothing we've done wrong, not because of choices other than our choice to serve God. Amen. When you begin to walk with the Lord and serve the Lord, you're going to be on the battlefield. Amen. It's a battleship. So we need to realize that just simply because we're walking with the Lord, there's going to be a few things that we have to go through. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened unto you, but rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So it tells us right there that we need to rejoice. 1 Peter 1, 7 says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, amen, and honor and glory at the appearing of, our, of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, amen. That's the end of it, right? We want the salvation of our souls. Hallelujah. That should be the end goal. Hallelujah. I know it is. I'm preaching to the choir this morning. We're going to be talking about <clears throat> trespasses today. That's the fourth one. Brought on by the offenses from others. Okay. And so we're going to be talking about this and getting into trespasses. We're all going to experience trespasses in our lives. Amen. So we need to realize that <clears throat> no matter where you are, who you are, and what stage of life you're in, we have to guard ourselves against the trespasses that will come against us. Trespass, by definition, just means an error or offense or a sin against us, all right? It can, even, it can either be unintentional doesn't always have to be intentional intentional, or willful, all right? But nonetheless, it's a trespass against us. It also means like to miss the mark. You know, in all of us, we kind of set a mark, right, of where we'll allow people to tread or how far we'll allow them to tread. Um, you ever made the statement or heard somebody make the statement, that's where I draw the line, Right? That's where I draw the line in this relationship. That's where I draw the line. Amen. But Paul said this in concerning the mark. He said, I press towards the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. So we have to, the high calling of God and his end results, the salvation of our souls, that should be our big mark, right? That's where we need to reach for. And to be careful about drawing the line somewhere beneath biblical principles, all right? And so when it comes to offenses and trespasses, I'm going to prove to us that we all, something we already know in the Word of God, that you have to forgive. <laughs> there is no place to draw the line. You've got to forgive others, amen? You've got to love everybody. 
I've always told my kids growing up, I said, you don't necessarily have to like everybody. You don't have to necessarily go out to dinner with everybody. You may not have personalities that clash or whatever, but you got to love everybody. Amen. Praise God. So the number one thing, <clears throat> talked about this a little bit Wednesday night, but we have to never forgive. We must never forget that God's forgiven us, right? Even when he taught him to pray, Matthew 6, 9 through 15. He says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will, um, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts. He says, come before him, those things that we owe, our trespasses, our sins, he says, bring it before me. He says, forgive us of our debts. But he puts this little clause behind it as we forgive our debtors. Amen. So we need to realize the importance of God's forgiving us. We have to forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14 says, for if ye forgive men your tresp their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Amen. And if you forget not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, this is important, and I know it's uh, Sunday School 101 that we need to love everybody and forgive everybody. But you'll be surprised how many people really hold grudges and are unwilling to release. Remember, in our trespasses, you've got to release that thing that you have against somebody else because of a trespass. Because they did something against you, whether intentional or unintentional, whether on purpose or whether they accidentally did it. Sometimes we have that. And, you know, you just got to be careful where you set that mark, amen, because we can't set that mark anywhere else, but however the Word of God sets that mark, amen. So if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Shut the Bible, end the story, class dismissed, take a half hour break, right? No, because if we could get verse 15, right, we could get it. Amen. That's the end of the story. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. says, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that you shall ask, it shall be done of them, for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So here we see the importance of, of dwelling together in unity, right? We've got to dwell together, hallelujah. And when we do, he says, when you're gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of you. Aren't you thankful for that promise that God can come when we come together? So the, there's the importance of this horizontal, if you will, relationship that we have down here on earth. Our vertical relationship between us and God is number one, but 
it's included or closely tied or part of the horizontal relationship we have with mankind and our brothers and sisters in particular. Then came Peter unto them, him, on the heels of this, Peter comes unto Jesus and he says, How often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. And Peter even puts the number on it. And he said seven times, you know. So some have speculated, had somebody done something against him and he's keeping track of it and this is the seventh time? Or is he just throwing out that number there? It doesn't really matter. But Jesus said unto them, I say unto thee not until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Which is what, 490? And so some of us are keeping track of that, right? We're at 355. And when we get to that 491, we know that according to the word of God, we don't, we don't have to forgive him anymore, right? <clears throat> but we all know that that's not what Jesus is saying. He's just saying, keep forgiving. Amen. Keep forgiving. We've got to be able to forgive. Amen. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven, he goes into this parable, likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. For, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife and children, and all that they had for payment to be made. All right. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll repay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and he loosed him, and he forgave him of his debt. Amen. This is the prayer, right? Lord, forgive us of our debts. But the guy forgets the last part of that prayer as we forgive those who are indebted to us. All right? He forgets the end part of that. So the same servant who had just been forgiven went out, found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat. <laughs> and just so soon as he had been forgiven of this astronomical amount that he had no way of paying, his family was going to be sold, everything was going to be sold, right? And it's a parable. It's telling us some a story that we can relate to in real life, but it's a spiritual uh, message in it all that God has saved us. Hallelujah. He has forgiven us. Hallelujah. And how dare we go and take somebody, one of our fellow brothers or sisters, by the throat. Amen. He went out, found him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what thou owest. And the fellow servant, he fell down and Besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. I'll give you everything back. Have patience with me. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they went back to the Lord and showed him what was done. Then the Lord, in verse 32, after he had called him in, <clears throat> he said, oh, you wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because you desired it of me, because that was your desire. Should not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant? All right, so this is important. We have to have compassion on our brothers and sisters, even as, as the Lord has had compassion on us. Amen. And especially to the adult class that I'm teaching here today, because after we've been in church for a while, right, 
sometimes we forget where the Lord has brought us from. Oh, it's there in the back of our minds, and we've been going through the process now, some of us for many, many years, right? And so we're, our walk with the Lord might be a little stronger than somebody down there here, and we've got to be very careful that we don't judge those individuals, hold things against them. But even if it's parallel on somebody that's, or maybe it's somebody superior to you in the Lord, it doesn't matter. We have to be able to forgive. Amen. There's power in forgiveness. And so, the Lord was angry, delivered him unto the tormentors until he should pay all that was due him. Verse 35, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So there's the whole just behind the story. My heavenly Father will also do unto us if we do not from our hearts. So it's not just what we say even. We have to really be able to forgive people from our hearts. Not everyone, his brother, of their trespasses. All right? So it's so important for us to realize, and like I said, that's so basic. But if we can grasp a hold of that, it's a powerful thing, forgiveness. Because the fact of the matter is, is you're going to be offended. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them you're going to be offended. Hopefully, it's not the one that's offended you that was saying that to you. But I see a lot of spouses sitting together, so. Wives have a good way of offending us husbands. I don't know how it is, but But you're going to be offended. Luke 17, 1 through 4. Jesus talking to his disciples, and he said, it is impossible Everybody say impossible. That means impossible. (laughs) What does that mean? That it's going to happen, right? It's impossible, but offenses will come. Okay? It's impossible. They're going to come. All right? But woe unto them through who they come. Hopefully, we're not the offender, right? That's a whole other Bible study. We have to go to them. You know, the Bible talks about that if you have ought against your brother, you're supposed to go to them, right? And if your brother has ought against you, you're supposed to go to your brother. <laughs> so whose turn is it to apologize? It's your turn. It's my turn. It's always our turn. Whether we've caused the offense or whether we've been offended. And so... Just threw that in there. It's our turn to go apologize. Amen. So he says it's impossible. Offenses are going to come. He said, but woe unto them through who they come. It were better that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea. You know, it's better that you put a couple cement blocks around your neck and jump into the sea or the ocean out here. It'd be better than if that you would offend (coughs) one of these little ones. Verse number three. Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. All right? So tell him his wrong. Amen. And if he repent, forgive him. Amen. 
And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, seven times in a day he returns to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Amen. <clears throat> a lot of times that's one of our problems is we don't take uh, our feelings to the individual. It's very hard. I've done it before and sometimes I haven't done it, I must say, but you know, to be able to go to an individual and tell them, you know, you've offended me, especially when they may not even know it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, or it's hard for us to do that. It's hard for us to take that. But there's so much power and so much release when we're able to do that. But that's the biblical way. He was saying if he's, if he's offended, you go to him, tell him, this is what you offended me of, all right? And forgive him. Amen. <clears throat> the Bible also tells us that vengeance belongeth to me, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't have to get revenge. And I always think, oh, God, you can revenge somebody better than I could ever revenge them, right? So you can find a little bit of comfort in that. <clears throat> but as you go through the process of being hurt, it's sometimes I heard one preacher saying this. He said, you know, the first time. When I was hurt, I came to the altar and said, oh, God, kill him. Right? And he said, then the second time he came back to the altar, he said, Lord, you know, don't kill him. Forgive him, you know. The third time he came back to the altar, he said, Lord, kill me, you know. And that's, he said, that's when he had the breakthrough. When we're able to come and say, God, I, you know, I want to die out. I want to die out to you, to your will. That's when you realize that nothing else that anybody else can do to you matters. Amen. Dying out <clears throat> of our own self. Praise God. So you're going to be offended. Jesus was talking to his disciples about the end of the world. And he said, and then shall many be offended and they shall betray one another and they shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. So love, this powerful thing of love, right? The Bible talks mostly about two different kinds of love. One is phileo, P-H-I-L-E-O, if I'm saying that wrong or right, I don't know. But that's one kind of love, and that's a love that's found between friends, between our relationships down here, right? And it's based on the fact that you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. We have this line, so to speak, that we draw. There's expectations in the relationship, right? We all have that. That's common, natural feeling that, you know, if this relationship is going to last, then you know, this is what I expect. They're unspoken things, right? It's not always spoken. It's just things that we kind of commonly know, right? <laughs> you don't stab me in the back if you're going to be my friend, right? We don't have to state, say that. Those things are just commonly known. The other one, of course, is the agape love, which is the love of God, and it's unconditional. There's no condition on it. I love you. You stab me in the back. 
I love you. I can't say I'm there, <laughs> but we're working on it, all right? <laughs> I'm trying to help us with our trespasses. I could have brought my suitcase if you were here Wednesday, the suitcase. I could have brought it and put trespasses in it because that's some heavy baggage too when we cover them around, right? Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. We read this earlier. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. I talked a little bit Wednesday about the direction that you're going. It's not necessarily an act that we fall and make mistakes, but it's, it's the direction. Are you walking after the spirit or walking after the flesh? But if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap everlasting life. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So this is one thing. Being able to forgive is sowing to the Spirit. Hallelujah. And it's going to reap everlasting life when we're able to forgive. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Doesn't give any specifics or stipulations upon it just let us do good to all men and especially unto them that are of the household of faith amen so we need to realize that <clears throat> we are going to be offended and as the last days come we see the love of men waxing less and less right and but we need to have the love of god which is forgiving amen we see a lot of hatred in our world today, even in our country. We see a lot of hatred. We have to be able at some, you know, in our walk with the Lord to love other people, even though they hate us. We've got to be able to love the individual, hate the sin, right? It's a fine line and hard to do, and you have to be able to separate it. But that's reaching after the Spirit. That's where you're going to reap the things of the Spirit, which ultimately is everlasting life so the effects of being offended <clears throat> proverbs chapter 18 19 a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city and their contentions are like the bars of a castle this is kind of more on the fact that we're um, offending somebody else but let's put ourselves as the brother offended all right harder to be one in a strong city their contentions are like the bars of a castle think about it. it's like a, a fortress so here's what happens when we're offended we begin to build walls right we begin to be real selective sometimes in uh, people and we become very suspicious right we think everybody's out to get us <laughs> And that's where the real weight of this comes in, right? That's where the, the weight of it comes in. When you become to close yourself off, build up walls. Well, bless God, I, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm going to, you know, it's never going to happen again. And, you know, there's such a risk in relationship, right? There's a risk that's involved there. But, oh, the beauty of having a relationship, the beauty of having a close friend. And it doesn't always come, you know. Overnight, the beauty of having a, a great marriage, you know, those things are uh, not easy, <clears throat> but it comes from us risking, right? 
We have to risk. We have to put ourselves at risk of being hurt. Amen. And so that's where the real weight comes in, by us not being to release. So what are we doing with our trespasses? We're releasing them, right? We're releasing them. What are we doing with our trespasses? Releasing. Amen. Release it. Hallelujah. Give it back to God. We talked about casting all your cares upon him. That's one of them. Just cast that trespass out there. Let him have it. Amen. Throw it as far as you can. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man should fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, and therefore defile many. So bitterness comes in, and um, I read where a psychiatry um, magazine, they were thinking that bitterness could even be, should be a psychological um, illness ailment like um, post-stress disorder you know what they say post-stress disorder people have from being at war and they were stressed or whatever they said it just like post-bitterness disorder because it's so affected the individual where they have a hard time living life because of this great bitterness that's within them so he says, look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness springing up would trouble you, amen, and therefore defile many. So bitterness, by definition, is anger or resentment over being treated unfairly. You don't have to raise your hand, but everybody here has been treated unfairly at one time, <laughs> Brother Petty's got his hand way raised way up there, amen. <clears throat> so we've all experienced that, right? Being treated unfairly, amen. And if we're not careful, bitterness can set it in. This is how one person defined bitterness. It's the poison pill I take hoping you'll die, right? I like that one. It's the pills, poison pill. Bitterness is that poison pill. I take it hoping that you'll die. Because sometimes, most of the time, a lot of times, the individual that we're offended by or have uh, against, if you will, or whatever it is, they're just going on through life, right? They could be shouting up here in front, getting close to God and all these things, and we're just sitting back there saying, I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe God they're acting that way. When they know what they've done to me. Amen. And so it's that poison pill. That I take hoping that you'll die. It's symbolic. Bitterness is symbolic of servitude. To capture. And it also means to gently squeeze. So it begins to squeeze you just like that root. Amen. Which goes underground. You don't really see it. The effects of it right away. That bitterness will just start to squeeze you, squeeze the life right out of you. Adam Clark, in his commentary, relates it to a poison plant. And he said the part where it says, troubled you, refers to the effect of the poison on the body. 
the poison of the body. First, it contaminates the blood, and then, of course, the life is in the blood. Amen. So we know that it contaminates our spiritual life. First of all, when we're looking at it spiritually, it can contaminate us in the spirit. And then our life is in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I had to be so careful. He said, least a root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Amen. Cause you to have this poison that gets into your body. So what are the results of not forgiving our trespasses? The results are really un- unanswered prayers, all right? Mark chapter 11, 24, and 26. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So, so when you're coming to the altar and you're making this petition, he says you need to forgive so that your pe- petitions can be fulfilled by the Lord and your life can be forgiven. Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Matthew 5, verse 23 through 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath fought against thee, he said, leave your gift at the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother. And there, there it is there where you come and you have fought against your brother, you got to forgive, and then you come and you realize, well, my brother has, I've offended my brother, then you've got to leave your gift go. The whole thing is the reconciliation part, is making amends, is to realize that our relationships with one another are so vital, so important to our walk with the Lord. Amen. Can we see this and understand this? He said, and after you've done all that, after you've reconciled, then come and bring your gift. Hallelujah. Bring your sacrifice of praise. So we have some great examples in the Word of God about this. Of course, one of them is Joseph. We all know about the story of Joseph, right? Amazing story. When you read it, you never find any complaint from Joseph. And if you don't know the story, he was the 11th of 12 brothers, and he had a dream, and he had a vision. Amen. And because of that, he he was hated by his other brothers. They sold him into slavery. Because of this dream, amen, and sometimes we have dreams and we have ambitions in our lives and others come through and they kind of squelch that, right, or they hinder that dream or that ambition. Same thing kind of here, but Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He went into a guy named Potiphar's house and there his wife uh, lied about Joseph, said he tried to rape her and he was falsely accused and put into prison. But then while he was in prison, he was there and he interpreted some dreams for some guys and one of them got out and he said, hey, when you go back to Pharaoh, don't forget about me in here. I've done this great thing for you, right? 
don't forget about me in here. Well, he was forgotten. While he was in prison, he was forgotten. And then finally, we know that he interpreted Pharaoh, the king, the great king. He, inter he interpreted his uh, vision or his dream. And he got promoted to second in command. Now, you think about, we think about him forgiving his brothers, right? He forgave his brothers. They came, had to come to him for food, and he forgave them, brought them all. But how about Potiphar's wife? How about the guy in jail with him that went out and forgot him for two years? I think it was two years, forgot all about him. Amen. He had to have a forgiving spirit, didn't he? It wasn't just his brothers that he forgave, <clears throat> but he forgave everybody along the way. Hallelujah. And so we have different, um, different uh, levels, if you will, or stages, if you will, of offenses, right? Because that would have been his chance. Here he is, second in command. And everything's going just exactly like he told the king. He could have had done anything he wanted to any one of those individuals. Amen? Because he had the power. But we don't find that in the Word of God. We just find him forgiving it. And this was his comment. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So we need to realize that even in our hurts and in our trespasses and things that have come against us, we have to be able to forgive. And even though the individual may have meant it for evil, God can turn it around for good. Amen? And I'm talking to some seasoned uh, Christians here this morning, and I know that you can look back on things and certain situations if you're over to, able to overcome them. And to forgive, it's just made you stronger, right? Just made you stronger. Made you a better Christian. Hallelujah. And that's what God's trying to do with each and every one of us. He's just trying to make us stronger. Remember, these are one of the four things that are going to happen to us. As we look into the Word of God, trespasses, which are brought on by others. It's something that God allows. It's just going to happen in this life. You're going to be trespassed against and it's so that he can help us to become more like him. Amen. Because our greatest example, of course, is Jesus in the forgiving. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. Listen to these strong words. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. 1 John 3, 14 through 16. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love our brothers. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Just like the one guy that said when he finally came to the altar the third time, it was, kill me, Lord. You know, kill me, not him. When we perceive, when we understand the love of God and what God has done for us, Jesus on the cross said what? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. They don't know what they're doing. And then, of course, 
when he was, Jesus was asked, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? He said, on these two commandments hang all, everybody say all, the law and the prophets. Love God and love your neighbor. Hallelujah. And one guy was, who was asking this question, he said, well, who's my neighbor? Right? Who's my neighbor? Who is, is it the guy next door? And Jesus went on to tell him about the story, the parable of the guy that was of the Good Samaritan, as we know it. We don't have time to read it, but it's found in Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> but in verse 36, it says, after he had told the story about the man being beaten and left for dead, and a priest came by, and then a religious ruler came by, and all the religious people came by, and they passed him by, right? And then a Samaritan came by, which was an enemy of the Jews. He came by and helped him. And Jesus just simply asked the individual the question, okay, now which of these was a neighbor unto him that fell among the thorns? All right. Hello. <laughs> it wasn't hard, right? It wasn't hard for him to understand. He said, he that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43 through 48 tells us how we should respond to those that have offended us. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. So when people offend us, we put them in that enemy category. And Jesus says, I, oh, I want you to love your enemies, even your enemies. Now, that's not easy to do, right? He said, Bless them. Love, bless them. Amen. Say, Lord, bless them. Hallelujah. Lord, bless their walk with you. Do good. Not just bless them from a distance, but do good to them that hate you and pray. So you got to love, you got to bless them, you got to do good for them, and you got to pray for them. That's how we need to respond, amen, to the trespasses that come into our lives. And we'll be able to do what with our trespasses? We'll be able to release. Everybody say release. We got to release these things because when we carry the grudge, when we just carry it around, it's only hurting who? Us. Hallelujah. We all know that. This Bible says hopefully just a reminder and we it's a constant battle because we constantly deal with people, right? We, if you're, unless you're a hermit in your house, which is against what God wants you to be, He wants you to be out. We're the light of the world, right? We're going to be offended. We're going to be offended by people in the world, and we're going to be offended by people in the church. Amen. So don't carry the grudge around because the bo the bottom line is, it doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter. What matters is if you've got your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you've forgiven them in your heart, say, God, I forgive them. And Lord, I just want to live for you. Hallelujah. Then it's going to be worth it all. In John 8, I close with this. John 8, verse 
36, it says, but if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, when you release it, hallelujah, he'll make you free. You shall be free indeed. There's such a liberty and a freedom of just not having anything against anybody, no, uh, no problems with anybody, amen, because the Lord can just make you free. We have to release it, amen? Let's all stand. Praise God. <clears throat> Let's just go to the Lord. If anybody has aught against somebody, just right now you can ask God to forgive you. Amen. And release it. Hallelujah. Release it back. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your word and for your love and your mercy and compassion to us. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to every heart this morning. And we know, God, this is basic, but oftentimes we forget that we need to love our brothers, love our neighbors, and even love our enemies. Help us, O oh God, to have the power to find the strength within us, O oh God, through your spirit to release any trespasses, any offenses that have come against us. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen.